Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 7 of Pinto Beans and Cake Podcast. I am your host, Mika Mache. This is a monthly podcast showcasing fellow artists, entrepreneurs, and businessmen and women around Houston, the state of Texas, and beyond. Now, I'm really excited today. On today's episode, I have one of my favorite poets. She's a very talented poet, freestyle, Tiffany Scales, a.k.a. the word Matician. She joins us today. Welcome to my podcast, Tiffany. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? Wonderful. Good, good. So we're going to get started so you guys can get to know who the word Matician is. First of all, let our listeners know where you are from. I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. I've been in Texas since 1996. Okay, what brought you to Texas? My mama. Oh, all right, your mama brought you to Texas. Okay, so what happened in your life that made you want to pursue the art of poetry? I actually learned how to read uh, by uh, reading poetry. When I was a child, I would win card games with my mom and the the prize was getting to read a poem out of Dorothy Parker's book and she was a revolutionary she wrote about um, sex and empowerment of women in the 40s and it was just very um, much a staple in my my growth and my uh, my mouthpiece and so as I grew um, I steered from writing essays and, and turned in poems to class and then getting into performance poetry that came as a healing mechanism because nothing else I tried at home was working wow so healing yes. so healing so how old were you would you say when you first did your first when you performed your first piece like in front of people I was 19 oh yeah I was expecting a younger age for some reason I don't know why and <laughs> okay so actually when I was 10 I performed a poem for the dare program the okay. original dare program yes yes it's been revamped um, I, I won a contest and they put my poem in the pamphlet for like all the schools in, in my area of Alabama. Um, but as a, after that, nothing until I was 19. Okay. So you were, were you in college at the time or just, okay. All right, man. So how'd that make you feel? The first performance, you know, what, what did it give you? What kind of high did you get? Or did you have one? Oh my goodness. So first of all, I recited, um, I read actually, I read off paper. Okay. Um, three poems that I wrote in fourth grade. I read them in Washington, D.C. in a room full of seasoned individuals with white hair. And I talked about um, Vietnam and the three perspectives. One of the men who came off the train hopping because he had no leg. Uh, one of the mother who waited at the train and her son never came off and then one of the perspective of the man who got off the train and was not welcomed at all and my mom was in the audience and um, she later told me that you know the men that she was sitting by were just like how does she know what we went through you know and and that's that was confirming of me having a channel that no one else had a remote to and so that felt great, you know, and reassuring. But in the moment of the moment, I was so scared. I was just absolutely petrified. I'd gone with, you know, the intent to read a poem about my father and everybody had daddy issues. And I was just like, scratch that. Let me yeah. pull out my paper. Yeah. And um, I had a, a, a piece of uh, bubble, delicious bubble gum in my mouth and I swallowed it. <laughs> I think it finally went away a few years ago. And um, wow. yeah, so I was very, very nervous, very shy. But hearing the response, and I got a standing ovation, so well received. Yes, well, that's amazing. That was in Washington, D.C.? Yes. So you have a very unique ability to feel the energy in a room and then spit your piece from that energy, hence the stage name, Wordmetician. Where, where do you think this talent comes from? I mean, I've seen it in action. It's always amazing to watch, and... I've always wondered, you know, where does it come from? And then does it take energy from you once you're done performing? <clears throat> I would say uh, I give all of my um, reference of, of what I do as a God-given gift. Um, it used to be a sleep-taking gift in the sense that I would be up at night during the hours of other people's stressful moments 
Um, and I just hear them and call them and there they go needing something and we'd be on the phone for hours mm-hmm. praying or me speaking to them by the time I turned 19 it was made aware to me that I was uh, speaking in prose and then they started calling me a prophet and an oracle and I got really really uncomfortable because I felt that you know well, well prophets don't claim to be they just are, mm-hmm. you know, and oracles are not counted out as, you know, one of the people. And so you don't necessarily want to like pridefully boast around with such a title. Yes. And so um, I silenced myself and oh man, um, when I finally got to a place of obedience and knowing that I had this gift that was to be given, um, it, it was when I started my nonprofit. And so basically, I'd get on the stage and I would just, you know, strategically talk about topics that nobody else did. And it just happened to be a poem. Hmm. But the first time I publicly, uh, in front of anybody, you know, did what really to my core feels that I'm supposed to be doing mm-hmm. was about four years ago. I was at an event called Heart and Soul. Okay. And the, uh, the curator, Kevin Anderson, He's very spirit-led, very, very in tune with, with all that is good. And he gets on the stage and he's like, you know, Wordmetician, I think you got something for her today. And that's the magic phrase. I think you have something for me. And when someone comes to me, because I, I don't push it on them, yeah. but when someone comes to me and they say, I think you have something for me, I get out the way and let them give it to them. Wow. And so um, I stood on the stage with this stranger and I just put my hands out like this and she placed her hands on top of mine and I exhaled. And at the end, she was crying and I was shaking. And it did take all of my energy. I bet. Um, all of my energy. And I, 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 I was overwhelmed. But then I was comforted by a friend who happened to have been her brother telling me that exactly what I said to her was true. I told her that she had her mother's face. He said that they had been estranged because she looked just like their mother who passed away. Mm. And it was too hard to, you know, have family time. And other things that I said about, you know, their childhood and things like that, nothing I could have possibly known. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't explain that. Right. And it's a lot easier for me to reach people in, in poetry spaces because, you know, it's already a healing place or an entertaining place. So you might sit there and snap and they might sit there and think, oh, she's just talking about what's in the room. In all honesty, I'm just digging you out so I can uproot them. Mm, mm. And so... That's very powerful. Yeah. It's no longer draining, though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that's good to know because you... I mean, I think that's where you need to be. So to, to, to know that it's no longer draining you mm. is good because you don't <laughs> need to be falling out every time you're trying to... Man, like, like the, yeah. guy, uh, um, uh, the guy, the uh, guy, John Coffey from uh, The Green Mile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I quickly identified with him when he would go to the sick and the broken and the hurt and he'd suck all the bad out of them and then he'd fall on his knees yeah. and let out the bad. Yeah. That's exactly how I, I used to be. Wow. And um, the reason I say on the count of three, take a deep breath in yes. and slowly exhale is to get everybody on one wavelength because my heart is beating to all of these energies and I'll go I'll go so fast because I've got to touch everybody on the spectrum but when I get you to breathe and get to a center, then I can talk to you at this tone and it not be so offensive or hard to hit and I don't miss, you know? It's just, it's easier for everybody. But um, it also helps that I'm, I'm still breathing because uh, I know Augie, <laughs> um, a really dear friend of mine, she mm-hmm. just uh, she just uh, said that she's paying for my ebook because the world needs the word, petition. Mm-hmm. And... Um, she she's she's great but like she was saying how you know man if you haven't heard the word petition she get on that mic and eight minutes later she takes a deep breath because she was holding it the whole time to get everything out I'm like yeah it's like i'm a deep sea diver or something oh I, I it's, it's amazing i'm telling you if you've never heard word petition those who have you know exactly what's going on here but if you never have once you once you hear you'll understand man it's the first time i heard you i think was at inkwell yeah. when inkwell had yeah. the open mic That's and yeah, and, and you were going on for about six, seven minutes just going. It was like 
every word people were hanging on and i was like how what she did was she 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 asked someone or, or i don't know five that or six lady. different people yeah, or yeah. something for five words or a word each and then she went off of those words that you said and she just created this poem just free literally freestyle on the spot just based on energy and whatever she was feeling in the room and it was it's amazing to watch so yeah i'm just like i'm so happy to to even know her so happy okay all right (laughs) so um well for oh i wanted to mention something you said you took a moment of silence or a time of silence can you can you explain a little bit about that how long were you silent um well when i was 19 i was in an abusive relationship and so between having that experience and attempting suicide and and it not working and me waking up like okay well clearly I'm not the problem and then meeting this artist um, who is now a a well known artist in the city who paints and and she identified something in me that I had not noticed because I had yet to look in the mirror at 19 had no idea my eyes were green like I had yet to look in the mirror Wow. and so when she called me out and told me what I was and, and what I was supposed to do I ran from it. I, I ran from her. I ran from everything. And it was um, a spell of life that I don't remember. So from 19 to 25, I just know I cried a lot. A lot. That's a long time. Six years. Yeah. Yeah. And then something came, Something brought you out My of that. My best friend died. Okay. My best friend died and I didn't... Um, I didn't trust myself by myself. And so um, a poet that I knew uh, from college hit me up randomly, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and asked me to go with her to this open mic. Um, And we go and I see Miriam Radler, which I was familiar with because my best friend loves her voice. Uh And I hear this man, Noah, talking about preparing his mind and body to walk 20 miles a day to get to California to raise awareness for homelessness. Mm -hmm. It was November 2010, and I was just like, yo, that's dope. I want to do something great. And I went up to him, and I was like, you've completely inspired me to do something with my life. Thank you. And I don't think, even, even telling him that, I don't think he really got it. But after hearing him and going to church and hearing Seven talk about you know, what if God rolled his windows up on you and locked the door? Mm. Um, and that was something that he talked about being in college. And he had a classmate that was just, you know, a creep mm-hmm. um, and, and had no compassion for those without. And uh, Seven quoted his professor from Prairie View and said, it's your job to give. And what they do with it is between them and him. And it resonated. And I was just like, OK. And I got to, I, I started feeling like I was getting back to that dark place. And I mean, clearly I'm not effective with trying to kill myself. And so I just told God, don't wake me up if I can't have a purpose. And then I got to dream about my best friend telling me what to do with the rest of my life. And I've been doing it ever since. That's wow. <laughs> okay. Nobody yes, ever asks me good. questions like this. That's, this, 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 cool. this, is, this, is, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. So yeah, it's kind of coming full circle in my small mind on everything that kind of makes you who you are from what I, you know, we've I've known you for a few years and in that short time, it's been really powerful. So, um, so as far as when you've performed live, you mentioned Washington, DC, where's the furthest that you've performed live, just using Houston as a, as a base, as, as a center, I guess, where the, where's the furthest you've gone? Um, outside of D.C., just Arizona. Okay. Um, my uncle fell down the stairs in his uh, cement <laughs> home and shattered his rotator cuff. Oh. And I wasn't working at the time, so I went to go take care of him. Mm-hmm. And after seven days of no poetry, because I was going every day of the week. Uh-huh. So after seven days of no poetry, I called my pastor and I was like, look, I need a church. And I need somebody to tell me where the poets are. <laughs> and... Within the next week, I was on two radio shows. I featured, like, I had two features. I met Food Not Bombs, which is this dope coalition of hippie people that, you know, are all about being green and effective. And um, Crossroads Missionary Baptist Church with Pastor Dottie Escobedo. Mm -hmm. Um, She's a really good friend of my pastor, Pastor Rudy, Mm -hmm. from St. John's down here. And um, Mm -hmm. they, so their church out there, they they break bread every Sunday. It's not just on first Sunday. So it's different. 
but they have sections so you go over to this corner and you break bread and you have communion then you go to this corner you make sandwiches you go to that corner you write love notes and you package everything up and then they go out into the community and they serve and so after like a week and a half there I was like hey well um I have a nonprofit. I'd like to fill this gap mm-hmm. and I went to the mall with Food Not Bombs members and we went to every store came out with almost $600 worth of toiletries from Bed Bath & Beyond Victoria's Secrets yeah. and um samples from like uh not Bath & Body Works but the Body Shop Body Shop yeah mm-hmm. and and we made little kits and passed them out and it, it was just amazing it was a beautiful experience. Yeah. I was there for almost three months. I was going to ask you how long we were there. Okay. All right. Yeah. Arizona. Wow. Okay. You got a, got a following really quick. Two features within a, a week or so? Who yeah. does that? Yeah, exactly. The word matician does that. <laughs> well, when you got a job to do, you know, anything, as long as you keep your integrity, yeah. Yeah. anything's worth, anything's worth, worth, yeah. worth it. Wow. So, back in Houston... Um, what would you say are some of your favorite performance venues here in the city? St. John's. Mm-hmm. Um, that place is just it's a Baptist church, right? It's, it's, is it, is it what was it? Methodist, Methodist, yeah. Methodist St. John's yeah, Methodist. St. John's United Methodist Church United. downtown, mm-hmm. 2019 Crawford. Okay. Tom Tiffany Sitchin. <laughs> Um, I've been there. This is my, my longest relationship. This is my 16th year at this church. Okay. And I've been um, able to share my poetry with them for the last nine years. That's I, yeah, it, it, it is. Um, and then the church birthed this, uh, this organizational event with a, a, a pastor who's now moved on to Arizona um, called The Shout. And... That was great, like, to know that I could see my church on Sunday and then on a nice Tuesday or Thursday, I'd see him again, you know, once a month. Yeah. And we'd address issues from the Bible through poetry. Okay. And um, it was great, but I, I felt like I could come alive. Mm-hmm. My absolute favorite, though, would be Heart and Soul. Okay. I was heartbroken when they ended it, um, but I know that they're still doing something great and beneficial to the community. This is but another chapter for them, really, exactly, for those parts. So exactly. Kevin Anderson, Kevin that's Anderson. the one who's over the heart yeah. and soul. They had their final show last month, yes. right, in March. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, in uh, February. February, yeah. February 25th. Yeah. Um, but I've, I had been uh, with Heart and Soul since 2012. Mm-hmm. And actually, no, probably 2011. Very long time, um, ex- in- incredible, inexplicable experience. Um, I-, I went up to Kevin one day and I was just like, I I I got I need a minute, you know, just gotta tell somebody something. <laughs> and I was like, you know, just a minute. He gave me sixty seconds and I talked so fast and I told people about toiletries for families and I told them what I wanted to do. And the next month he held a toiletry drive oh, wow. and it was just like immediate, immediate support, immediate yeah. response. Yeah. And then one day I was just like, you know, can I get on the mic? Now Kevin was so protective of that mic and he was just like, hold on now, cause I don't, I don't know you. Yeah, yeah. But then I was like, you know, just you know, give me an opportunity. And I got up there and. Um, there was this young dancer named uh, Christopher, and I didn't know that he was a dancer. Mm-hmm. I just felt him in the audience, and I pulled him up and told him to give me his hands, and I spoke life into him, and Kevin was just like, wait a minute. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and just, you know, building that rapport with somebody who, you know, had been so heartbroken in the community, got silent then found a way to pour into those who he did not want silenced. Mm-hmm. It's just such an honor. He was great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say heart and soul in my church have been my favorite. Um, but you know, there's like accomplishments to be on stages like Black Snow's, you know, stage and Emoetry's stage. Yes. And, you know, to be able to perform on a stage with Marie Brown and to be able to perform on a stage with Nefertari Raven and to say that I've been in the same space as our poor laureate, like, Wow, that's huge. You know what I mean? It's such a big deal and equality, mm-hmm. and you know the the men of Hue, and and just you know, we have this array of creatives, and I I've missed Bishop, Bishop Ragtime. I have not seen him perform yeah, in so long. Mentioned. Oh, Mika, he's he's healing. His his wife passed away, and I haven't seen him perform since. Mm-hmm. 
and I, I send him messages sometimes and just let him know like we love you and we miss you but that that, that that's a heartbreak that is you can't take that yeah. you can't you can't explain that you can't say oh it's been time right you gotta give them that time Especially you gotta when, sleep yeah, yeah you know but um man bishop outspoken bean fluent houston vip all the slam teams i have always aspired to be a slam poet i ain't never made it i got close <laughs> once i got close once but yeah 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 i love art and just knowing that these minds have access to the same words i do but yes. they all piece them together differently is just mind-blowing it's beautiful to me. it's beautiful to watch that's awesome. Okay. So uh, you might have named some body already, but um, I wanted you to name a few favorite poets or, or even artistic mentors that you have in your life. Mm. Okay. So as far as artistic mentors, Kevin Anderson, because he, um, he walked me through a healing process to not let myself be defeated. Uh, Nefertari Raven, Mama Nef is what I call it. Um, because she she took me in. My mom saw her at the Library of Texas Southern when I was a freshman, and she was just like, this is my baby, keep her safe. And Mama Neff did. She kept me in the library every week for poetry, and when she retired and got secret words, she took me with her, and we were there every day of the week. She's she's amazing, you know? Um, emoetry, just, just her presence alone. And all honesty, just the mentorship of of the the, the, the push you know, and the tenacity of these artists to know that they are human. They face adversity every day and they still get up, whether it's, you know, dealing with AIDS or cancer or, you know, children or loss of children and abortions or miscarriages. And they still get up on a mic and they heal somebody else. Like, I have so much respect for them. Talk about some favorite poets. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Seth Walker will always be on my top 10. Okay. Seth Walker is unapologetic Mm -hmm. Um, Ebony Rose Mm -hmm. is a a sermon preaching poet okay like these three minute sermons she gives are so great but her wordplay is ridiculous like in all honesty this (laughs) she needs to give pronouns of what she's saying for those who are slow and won't catch the bars (laughs) come on now come on but like I I love her drive and how she can just bring it to life yeah um I, I love everybody. I love Miracle. Mm-hmm. I love that she's finding herself in herself. I've seen her heal and, and her audacity to go and want to inspire somebody. You know, I, I value that. Yes. But, beautiful. you know, it's, it's hard to, like, not say, I love them all. Right. right. I do. Khalid, mm-hmm. I absolutely adore Khalid. His wordplay, his mind is explosive. His mind is explosive. And we're all human. You know what I mean? Like, we're all human. We all have these elements of, of, of relevance. But, yeah. Khalid and Saint, though. Okay. Khalid and Saint. Yeah. they. they he's the Muslim and, and Saint's the Christian. Yeah. And they are just... <laughs> I want to see them on a stage together. Right. I love right. them. Oh, yeah. man. So it is a lot, I tell you yeah, that. It's, I it's know that long. question was like, I don't know. <laughs> but I had to ask it because, you know... But the newbies, I can say. All the newbies hitting the scene... Like Lady 380, yeah, B-Tap, yeah, all these young ones, yeah, they, they're they making me proud. I Am Jarrell is an incredible vocalist, mm-hmm. but he's yeah, also a him. phenomenal lyricist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I love A lot of talent. Houston yeah. is popping, y'all. If y'all ain't been in Houston, y'all need to come through. Like stay for like a month and just check out okay, something every day of the week because you gotta go to Sky Free and Courtney Lee. You gotta go to Second Fridays. You gotta go to Second Saturday, Third Saturday, every day of the week. This is the only city every day of the week right now every day avant-garde. no exaggeration like every day it doesn't matter if you go to first fridays with you know the more secular young mm-hmm. folks who talk about real life stuff or you want to go in and hear people talk about the real life stuff painted pretty and literary works that imprint like there's something for everybody yes and you should always just put your foot in every kiddie pool so you know what it feels like there you go i love it i love it so i know we talked you know dc's have been the furthest and in arizona as far as you performing live but how far do you think your talent has reached around the world you know uh radio online you know what i'm saying just in that sense so i've been writing since i was five years old when the internet was created and i regained access to it my oyster of a world was unbreakable okay um so myspace was my best friend and i was always posting a blog and I had readers and followers from every state. 
at least one from every state. Wow. And I had people, you know, that would follow my blogs. Because I still have stuff in print, you know, to find me. <laughs> but I have stuff on, like, five different blog sites, no repeats. Because I, I still write. I just don't perform my writing. It's too personal. Gosh. But um, that reach has been incredible. I think the first that I'm aware of is Trinidad. Wow. Um, and I had this one uh, person. I don't even know her name. But I remember her, her name on um, Microsoft Network chat yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and she had a really bad accident she almost died and I knew I was writing like she would read my work from probably 17 to 22 and when I was about 22 years old we lost touch but the last thing I remember was her contacting me you know saying I'm sorry I've been out of touch I had a really bad accident I almost died she said I'm back to work now and I, um, I just wanted you to know that your words have saved my life and she literally sends me a picture of my blog that she has printed and put on her desk wow. and reads every day. And I'm just like, you don't know what the impact is, honey. And I don't know if I'll live long enough to see the ripples of this water, but I know my, my rocks will skip. There you go. That's, um, oh, wow. Wow. Um, I'm just curious for me, what genre of music do you relate to the most? I love Screw. <laughs> Okay. You didn't expect care. to hear that, huh? I don't care if it's gospel or hip-hop or R&B. I still want to hear my my, my poetry screwed, but I, I love screw. Okay. But right. gospel music resonates with me. Yeah. R&B is just, you know, that, that, that tickle in my bones. Yeah. Country from, like, the 90s. Okay. It's cool. Mm-hmm. But new stuff I'm not new really with. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the new rap ain't too hot either, uh-huh. except for Cardi. <laughs> All right, yeah. Cardi. Okay. Um, name a negative and a positive that a poet may experience in the industry. Well, the negative in the industry is not getting um, your point across or not having your expectations met. And of course, we know this is because you don't voice them or you become more afraid of failing than you do of having audacity to overcome the fear. That's fair. Um, The positive... Is you'll be able to breathe. It's suffocating, right? Like having these feelings or these experiences, not having a book that will tell you what to do with it or a guide to tell you this is what this is. But when you feel like you're just completely trapped against the wall and have nowhere to go but to a pen yeah. and a piece of paper and at the end of it you can exhale mm-hmm. and it doesn't hurt, that's the great part. That's, that's, that's a great feeling. Yeah, giving goosebumps. Yeah. So you currently host an inspirational radio show on 102.5. Yes. Tell us about that in the days and the times people can tune in. I just got extended. So now I'm on there from 9 in the morning until noon um, every Sunday. And it's amazing, literally. Amazing 102.5. Yeah, through good good station. (laughs) Okay. And so it's, yeah, every Sunday, 9 to noon. Yes you guys can uh tune in uh how how can they tune in which what what uh is it a tune in uh app or well, like actually, what without we have our own app now okay. so you can you can listen on the website 102.5 um amazing 102.5 kmaz.com or you can go to apple play store or google play and you can download the amazing 102.5 app mm-hmm. or go on tune in or get in your car get inside the loop and tune in that way okay nice um now a lot of people may or may not know this you're also a certified wedding efficient i am so what's the name of your business and what what made you desire to take that step called Mary is Tiffany there's a little play on the word the A and the E is connected because I can either get you to a united state with you know wedding you or a happy state of mind and so the concept now has become you know just to ensure that there is a process to incorporate art therapy and you know emotional translation just to help you identify the body language and the tones of her ums and ahs to realize what's going on and how to bypass obstacles that aren't necessary to even face yeah yeah um so the reason i started the company actually i used to march 
every year mm-hmm. with um, Augie and city officials and leaders from um, clergy and just members of the LGBT community mm-hmm. seeking equality and equity um, for you know marriage equality and things like that. Yes. And when it got close to passing for you know our community to be able to wed like everybody else, mm-hmm. I became struck with the whole. Well, who's going to marry them and you know maintain that support factor yeah um so a year before the last march i had a tumor removed and i was so scared that i was going to stop doing poetry because maybe god couldn't reach that part of my brain anymore and so i got ordained and i was just like you know covered (laughs) well in 2015 it gets passed and some friends of mine kim and tanya have been together for years Mm -hmm. and they were just like you know we want to get married but they couldn't find an official they didn't want to go to the courthouse because they didn't want it to feel you know like it was lacking love and support Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and one of our mutual friends was like well tiff's ordained i saw a certificate like a year ago online because i was so big on i got i got certified y'all yeah and so they hit me up and they were like well would you marry us and i was like well hold on now i can't just marry you we gotta talk about some things i just felt this need to make sure that everybody was clear in their communication and they had like a go-to guide like a template yes and so i prayed about it and i made this template for safe words and I have three questionnaires three different stages so once you get to the first one we'll have our first session oh. we talk about that mm-hmm. and then you know I let you ask me things that you want me to help you with or what you think you struggle with to get to that next step for your relationship and then we talk about safe words and how to administer and adhere to them because you know a lot of people that be like you know get out my face is not so clear and people want to get in your face mm-hmm. and say what's wrong well you are now mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so I've married 18 couples in the last three and a half years, and two of them have been divorced, um, which I'm very sad about. However, the factors for those divorces were necessary, and hey, self-preservation is required. Um, But the others, you know, still reflect on the guide that they were provided with, Mm -hmm. and then the couples that I have now for the M-E-R-R-Y of Marius Tiffany... Mm -hmm. Um, they're already married mm-hmm. and they just, you know, want to work on communication or they want to work on, you know, intimacy and, and getting past the, I'm afraid to touch. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people don't realize that it's really a respect factor. You know, if your partner is not so quick to grab you or, you know, pull you in, it's not because they're not attracted. It's because they're respecting your personal space. Mm-hmm. And and that's a factor that comes with, you know, just learning people and knowing have they experienced sexual assault or abuse and, and what the parameters of what they call respect. Right. Because, you know, just because you want to grab a booty or you want to, you know, kiss somebody somewhere, it doesn't mean you can't. You don't have that right without permission. Right. And it's just, you know, learn those guidelines of how to be respectful and still be sexy in the process. So you you offer counseling along at the same time. You don't just marry oh, yeah, people. Oh, no. I got you the whole time. Pre-counseling and even counseling after the fact yes. and everything. That's so amazing. I, I sell packages, mm-hmm. and so I okay. offer five hours before okay. because that gives me at least we can have at least five months. But, of course, when you have it longer, then it's great because we can grow together. Yes. And that makes for better vows mm-hmm. because I know exactly who I'm talking to and what's going to be funny to us, and they won't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also offer five hours within the first 12 months of matrimony because there could be an obstacle there could be adversity that you might need to refresh your course yeah and when I do vow assistance I print them that way you can hang it up somewhere that you're going to see every day and remember this is what you promised what have you done to that exactly yeah okay that's that's I take it very seriously and I I really do I love love it's Mm -hmm. my religion Mm -hmm. and knowing that I've am trusted to help somebody get through and they trust me to come into their personal space and listen and give them turns to you know (laughs) it's nice that's beautiful it's beautiful so i would argue the project closest to your heart is your nonprofit foundation that's what i would argue i don't know oh no you'd be right toiletries for families so please tell everyone about the concept of this organization and what your goals and your needs are okay so, well, earlier I told you how I found my purpose because God told me uh, through my best friend in a dream what to do for the rest of my life. Yes. And it was to bridge a gap between needs and provisions. And that's what we do with Toiletries for Families. Mm-hmm. So that we're in our ninth year um, and we have served over 30,000 families, uh, 17 states in the U.S. and seven countries outside the U.S. 
and these are all individuals affected by the effects of poverty and disaster and the truth is we all are so currently we are working on some visual projects to get um, implemented uh, and presented in front of youth mm-hmm. so you know questions that they don't know answers to and it's kind of embarrassing to ask um, we provide that information in a gentle way um, an additional uh, you know preparing for disasters there's a disaster every day and it's so sad mm-hmm. you know two tornadoes just hit Alabama again um, that was actually the first state outside of Texas that we sent something to mm-hmm. when uh, Tuscaloosa got hit a few years back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we always get hit up like hey are y'all gonna do this are y'all gonna do that and my response is, well, I don't have the funding and I haven't gotten paid yet. And it's not effective to be like, okay, I'll go buy this for this one family because there's 5,000 families affected. Right. After Harvey, people finally caught on to the concept of restoration and stopped bringing me dollar store items. Mm-hmm. Now, hey, if you mm-hmm. like dollar store stuff, that's fine. But I'm not going to give a 14-year-old dollar store tampons. I can't vouch for that because I'm not going to use them. And it's just a matter of, you know, give what you want. Yes. And so just implementing a process to learn compassion has been really, really productive and conducive to our betterment. But currently, um, I'm learning about running for office and if that's something I want to pursue because there are certain things that are not in effect that I want. And for one, I think that me finding my my fit in this niche is going to help but I feel like you know I would rather a family have access to hygiene items and sugary donuts and coke and so modifying you know snap benefits to get fruits and vegetables and protein and things that are necessary you can spend your extra money on junk food but this epidemic of obesity and, and and just health issues you know kids are hitting puberty early and having issues of you know odor problems Mm-hmm. in preschool and middle school or preschool and, and elementary school because they're eating junk and clogging their pores so their development is in process of speed but they're not ready you know their skin is too sensitive for scented things and and so I'm just like you know there's not a lot being identified or highlighted mm-hmm. and I want to bring attention to that because clearly the last nine years I've got all the proof that this works yes you know um, there's a poet uh, who's also dope um, mm-hmm. Mr. Motivation Billy and I know one Christmas, probably like five years ago, he's leaving church with his wife. It was literally Christmas Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I could not, it was, I don't like going to church on Christmas because everybody who ain't a saint goes <laughs> and I don't get a parking spot. And so I was like, okay, God, well, where do you want me to go? And I end up on this slab of concrete, like right beside it, um, at San Jacinto in Maine, right mm-hmm. down here. Mm-hmm. And, um, I see like looks like 15 guys you know just sit on the slab so I'm like oh okay I I got some stuff in the trunk so I pop my trunk and one guy comes and he's like you know do you have food and I said well no I have hygiene items Mm -hmm. everybody gets in line Mm -hmm. I never have to prepare them I never I'm by myself Mm -hmm. I'm a woman I never have to ask them not to touch me not to be disrespectful not to cuss like they are so kind they are more respectful and thoughtful than people who call themselves friends Mm -hmm. And they get in line, and the first man says, well, if you'll let me put my bag in your truck, I'll help you. And he goes, and I I have these FedEx bags from, you know, a previous project. So he takes all the bags down the line. It was more than 15 people. I look up, they're wrapped around the corner, but they had enough bags. So he saw a t-shirt. He was like, oh, my shirt's dirty. Do you mind if I get a shirt? I had enough t-shirts for my walk for all these men. So they all, I, I look up again. Fish and loads. They all got on the shirt now. Oh my gosh. And then I'm giving them out water because uh, one of my sponsors for my walk, we had so much water left because people just didn't come to the walk. Yeah. But we still had stuff in the trunk. I'm like, well, I'll use it for something. Gave them the water. And they were, were going through putting toilets in the bags. And everybody goes away. One guy comes back and he was just like, God bless you. God bless everything that you're doing. Thank you so much for loving us enough. And then I look up and I see this man with his back to me. And I'm like, oh, I guess, you know, maybe he just didn't feel like talking. And then I see him spit, right? Like, I mean, like you could just like a waterfall of spit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't clear. It was like really thick. And I'm like, okay, well, that was okay. He turns around, he's brushing his teeth. And I burst into tears. And I was just like, okay, God. Because I've been running on faith and blind faith at that to say there's a gap that needs to be filled and I know they can't get it. I know they don't have access. I don't help the homeless. I help the soapless because there are mothers and fathers with houses and they have ounces of soap from hotels that they have lived in or borrowed from the, like, you know, borrowed or the travel section of Walmart because they can't afford it. 
You got so many families making minimum wage. They can't afford it. So to let me see the the work and and, and the immediate response. You know, you give somebody food, Mm -hmm. they got to wait. Because they know they can't eat that hot plate and they ain't got no bathroom to go to. Mm -hmm. But if you give them a bottle of water and some toothpaste, they are going to fix their face so they can be presentable. Immediate dignity restored. And I'm just like, I know I'm serving my purpose. And I'm grateful. Yes. Thank you for that. Wow. On behalf of everybody out there that needs, I mean, everyone that needs that. That's amazing. Thank you. Wow. Um, any advice? We'll come back to that. We'll get so people have more information to support. Um, any advice that you have for other poets and entrepreneurs that are trying to make a name for themselves? There's really no cookie cutter process for making a name for yourself until you make a name for yourself. Um, there's a new poet to the scene, Mac Peace, and I know him uh, to be an incredible, incredible writer um, who respects all of the greats, and I mean all of us, us. But he's so intentional, and I just have to think, just base it off of that. Like he asked, you know, he literally went to somebody that he's trusted and respected and asked, "How can I be great?" And so I'm giving it to him. So any poet who has ever been called great, tell somebody else how to do it. You know what I mean? But if a poet wants to aspire to do something and, and you don't know, sure, there's a book for it. But if you if you want to really just get there, look in the mirror mm-hmm. and find you. Because you know you can get sucked in the vacuum if you're trying to sound like everybody else. Absolutely. And And that's, that's the only thing I don't like about slam poetry in other areas because mm-hmm. they all sound the same. But in this city, they don't. You know, man, R.J. Wright, Zach, <laughs> Ebony Rose is a slam poet, um, Vincent, like Kodak. They they don't sound like everybody else. They just fit their tail in three minutes and ten seconds. But, you know, dibble and dabble. Know, know what the scene looks like. Go to, you know, Black Snow's event and see what the authenticity looks like of, yeah. you know, the elders who have still been killing it for the last 20 years. But then go to, you know, Lady 380's show who is new to the scene. Not even a year, two yeah. years in. And yeah. she got her own show and she's yeah. doing something and she's always tapping in, right? Mm-hmm. Then you got consciously tapped in with B-Tap. Like, there's always an, a, a space for you. And it's never stepping on toes, you know? Right. It's never stepping on toes. This is art. There is a painter on every block. Yeah, there's room there is for everybody. Pool, there's room for everybody. Mm-hmm. So if you want it, call the Arts Advocate. I'll happily pour into you. Y'all heard that? Arts Advocate. The Arts Advocate. What other events are you involved in the rest of this year? Um, Let's see. What you got coming up? So April 19th, I um I, I get to perform at Khalid's open mic. Well, it's not an open mic. It's a closed mic mm-hmm. um, production called Revelation. Um, which I, I've been having them, so it's time to share. Right. And I'll be doing a written piece. Where is that going to be? It's going to be at uh, Match Theater. Okay. It's on a Friday. I have tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And then April 24th, I'm performing at Improv for the Community Service Announcement, which that will be a written piece as well, which is very new. Um, and then my, my last performance will be with the um, Autism Speaks with uh, Shalonda and I'm taking a break after that. So everybody will have to find me on my website, which you just got to find it because I don't want to publicize that okay. one or find a blog. Or if you want to find me on one of my albums I have on iTunes and Tidal, they're there. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, that was my other question. you have any CD productions out? And how can people get access to them? Yeah, I'm, so releasing, that's kind of- I'm releasing an album in April. Um, I have an album release on April 19th okay. at, uh, at the show with Khalid. Okay. Um, and I'm really excited about it. I really am. I actually recorded all the pieces I'm releasing last year. Mm. And I hadn't heard them until last week. Oh, wow. And, and they, how's, it, how's it sounding to you? They sound great. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I have one piece on there called Lockless Monster. <laughs> and uh, I wrote it before I had my surgery. Because um, I was just like, you know, in a space where I was like, you know, well, I don't really know if I'm worried about like losing my hair, but I don't want to lose like your attention or affection. And I listening to it now, you know, five years later, I'm just like, no, I'm not my hair. But I know other people may feel that. Yeah. 
and and it's tough, you know. But ain't nothing we even a wig can't do. Hmm. Tell but, me about uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that one right now is my favorite, Lockless Monster. And and some of these pieces, there is gonna be several on this particular album, mm-hmm. um, because I'm only gonna make so many copies. I'm real big on that, so I only mm-hmm. did 50 copies of all my albums. And then portions of those albums are free online. Gotcha. Because I just gotcha. I want I want them to reach you. Yes. Yes. Um, how can fans reach out to you for your wedding efficient services? Marius Tiffany M A R R Y U S T I F F A N Y on Instagram or Facebook or um, Gmail. And then you can call me four six nine four three one love. Yeah, heard that. You ready to get married? If you're about to get married, you think about getting married, you can go to her for pre-counseling. You can go to her to get married. And then even afterwards, she'll see you for a little after counseling and couple coaching. Yeah, that's I like that. Couple coaching. Couple coaching. Um, How can fans support toiletries for families? Can you give a couple of um, websites or something they can reach out to? So you can go to um, www.toiletriesforfamilies.com. Uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, .org. Yes. Everything else is a .com. But yeah, the nonprofit is a .org. You can give on Cash App, uh, dollar sign TFF support. You can give on um, Zelle app for um, toiletries for families at gmail.com. You can call me, uh, 713-396-2787. Um, and all, honestly, it's not always monetary. You can just tell somebody about it. Um, if you work for a corporation that's always looking to volunteer or to, you know, give a grant or to, you know, donate. Um, I learned after the first seven years, I can't just say, oh, yes, send me toiletries because I have to tote them and get rid of them by myself. But the financial support is more conducive because then I can ship, you know, stuff to overseas or home and, you know, buy what's needed because some families have, you know, allergies and skin irritations and they have eczema so I gotta get you know some things yes my best friends right now are couponers okay. if you are an extreme okay. couponer and you have access to save me money because this literally comes out my pocket thank yeah. you thank you yeah. in advance okay. and um you know whatever's on your heart if you want to give by posting the logo it's on social media you can google told you for families if you want to give your time if you want to help me make kits if you if you just want to just be present and watch and, and you know be encouraged if you need it, call me. It's very confidential. There's no judgment. I don't ask for your social and the last time you got paid. Mm-hmm. I know if, you, if you're if you asking for something to, to dignify yourself, you need it. Yeah. So you should have it. So it's a safe, safe place, a safe space. Yes. Okay, so I got a couple sun questions for you. Okay. Thoughtful. First of all, we'll do the thoughtful questions. Um, who has been a big influence in your life and who do you hope to influence? My mother has been a big influence in my life. Um, she is a three-time cancer survivor. Uh, Blessing, amazing. Very, very much so. She um, she survived uh, paralysis. She survived the military. She survived being a single mother. And, and she survives the day with grace. And I, I look at her and I see strength. And I'm very encouraged by her. I pray to influence everybody I contact whether it be because I look them in their eyes and tell them I love them or my poetry gives them life or my service provides I want to serve a purpose that is fulfilling for others that's good what accomplishment are you most proud of in your life (sighs) to be honest I uh, in, in my book that I'm writing um I, I acknowledge my accomplishment of failing to kill myself, being my greatest attribute to serving my greatest purpose. That's deep. That's deep. That's wow. What are you grateful for at this present time? The breath in my body and the audacity to breathe life into someone else who may never know the value until they take an inhale. Made me inhale. <laughs> See? It's valuable. Yes, very. What was your favorite dish you remember from your childhood? Oh, breakfast. I was just telling my little cousin about it. My grandmother and my daddy's breakfast is so good. In Alabama, you eat a whole lot. Okay, so it's either fried chicken <laughs> yeah. or fried catfish. Oh, some sweet rice with butter and sugar. Oh, that's it. Um, some crispy bacon. Mm-hmm. 
some Pillsbury biscuits that I can't find in Texas no more. Mm. And love. Every meal. Oh, that sounds good. That's sweet yeah. rice. Sweet I'm a big rice. fan of sweet rice. Yeah. I like I put sugar in my rice, okay? <laughs> I put sugar in my rice. Um, okay. If you had to choose only one food for the rest of your life that you had to eat only one food, what would it be? Sushi. Sushi. Oh, I love sushi. I love sushi. Okay. Only at Oishi though. I'm so okay. particular. Oishi, Oishi okay. has fresh fish and yes. it's cheap. Okay. And I, I knew when I started promoting sushi at Oishi, it was a mistake. Because here I am nine years later yeah. loving them, uh-huh. but it's hard to get in. Uh-huh. I call them like, hey, it's Tiff. Oh, Tiffany, no problem. I have your food table. Blah, blah, blah. I love them. Oh they know God. my name over the Spell phone. Oishi. O-I-S-H-I-I. It's on okay. Richmond and Timmins. I'll have to check it out. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. All of my business meetings mm-hmm. that matter. <laughs> Do you Oishi. like sushi? Let's go to Oishi. Wow. Okay. It's my, mm, $20. Yeah. Including the tip you go home for. Come on. Great. And when I used to drink, man, mm-hmm. them sake bombs. Kill them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ishi for sake bombs and sushi. I love it. What's your favorite dessert? Mm. Here lately, I've been killing this death by chocolate addiction <laughs> I have. Mm-hmm. But um, my, my favorite sweet thing is snow cones. Really? Yeah. Snow cones of Honey, all the of the, all the pies and cookies and cakes. I don't like pie snow cones. You're not a yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. like death by chocolate cake though. Okay, all right. Um, but no snow cones. Snow cones. You have a flavor you go to Honey, where you just kinda be nah. all over the place. So like mm, at at Burger Park it's a slushy. Mm-hmm. And I get strawberry watermelon for life. Mm. But sometimes I'd be like, oh, let me try a peach or a mango or okay. strawberry mango peach. <laughs> but yeah, strawberry watermelon. Okay. Um, but okay. snow cones, as long as it's red, I'm yeah. in. Cool. And then Bahama Bucks, of course, they just got like 85 billion flavors. So yeah. you got to go in there and say, surprise me. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Okay, snow cones. (laughs) That's cute. All right, now I had to ask the questions about the food because this is pinto beans and cake, and I'm a big food eat myself, so that's a little fun question. (laughs) I'm sorry. You know, that's probably what my season two. I'm going to do that season two. And I'm working working on some shirts, too. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're working on. (laughs) Yeah, a friend of mine made this a few years ago. So, um. But yeah, so that that's, uh, concludes our podcast. But I do have a positive quote that I want to say um, following a scripture. So this positive quote actually is from Tiffany Scales. She had a Facebook page post on March 16th, 2014. So this, this, is, come, this is an excerpt from it. Sometimes we become used to the appearance of past circumstances. We don't acknowledge the possibility of chances. Sometimes the only ones meant to fly are the ones who try. Stop waiting for something to happen, for someone to support your plight. Stop letting life pass you by. And the scripture I have, I will gather the rest of my people from the countries where I have scattered them, and I will bring them back from their homeland. They will have many children and increase in number. I will appoint rulers to take care of them. My people will no longer be afraid or terrified, and I will not punish them again. I, the Lord, have spoken. And that is from Jeremiah 23, 3, and 4. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this journey that we will take and are taking on pinto beans and cake. Thank you and see you next month.